is an illicit radio program. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome. Got a selection of good things on sale, stranger. Hello everyone and welcome to the 13th episode of The Bazaar, the fortnightly horror podcast bringing you the very best from the pages to the screen and everything in between. Can you believe that this marks the 6th month, I suppose anniversary, can you call it an anniversary, of the show and I would like to thank everyone who has been on so far as a guest and everyone who has been listening and continuing their support for the show, you've been absolutely fantastic, I love making it, I'll keep making it. The show is growing week to week. It's absolutely fantastic. So thank you, thank you, thank you, everyone. And let's move onwards and upwards to the next six months. And we'll hit the year in November. But today, I have Andy Dean and Chris Barnes. Anyone who follows me on Twitter will know these guys well. Uh, Andy runs and owns the UKHorrorScene.com. And I do a few little reviews for them from time to time i know i've been very busy with the podcast so sorry about that andy i've put it on the back burner but you know yourself they're trickling in and it's fine penmanship there of course and chris barnes he runs and owns the slaughteredbird.com and the two lads have a great sort of symbiotic relationship in the community and they've been very helpful in promoting my work as well so thank you very much guys in advance of the show here And the two of them are going on a mission, basically, for next week at the time of recording. It's going to be the long weekend over in Manchester, the 27th to the 28th. They are hosting and sort of curating their first film festival together. It's the Triple Six Horror Film Festival, or the Triple Six Fest, as it's known. So we talked a little bit about that. What can we expect in the show and just had a little chat all around about how they got into horror and there's a nice mix of opinions in there and stories uh unfortunately on chris's end it sounded like he was talking through a tin can on a string underwater i don't know what the story was but i tried to clean it up as best as i can so sit back relax and enjoy my chat with andy and chris i had a blast and i'm sure you will too having a listen And I'd like to welcome Andy Dean and Chris Barnes. Andy, would you like to say hello first so we know who we're talking to? Hello, I'm Andy. Chris, that's that's you now. You have to come in. And I'm Chris. <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello, everybody. So, guys, for those that might know you, uh, Andy, you are the curator and owner of UKHorrorScene.com. And Chris, you are the SlaughteredBird.com. Andy, we'll start off with yourself. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the history of the site and what exactly you do? Yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, basically, we, I set it up about, I think it's about four or five years ago now. 
I was working and everyone at work was getting a bit pissed off with me talking about horror films and somebody said, why don't you just, you know, set up a website and leave us alone? So um, <laughs> I started a blog up called, originally called, I think it's called The Corpse Grinder, which was just a blog with me reviewing films. And then it went into somebody said, why don't you just set up a, a site I'd like to write for you? And UK Horror Scene came from, um, it was, I came up with the name, my wife came up with the original logo and then a friend of mine, an artist called Jim Connolly came up with the actual logo that's on the site now. And from there, it just, it just sort of exploded and snowballed. Um, you know, we've had, I think we've at the moment, they've got 12 people writing. We have about, I think it's about 1.5 million hits a year now. We've got over 2000 reviews on the site. So it just goes from strength to strength and it's all done on the back of people's passion for horror films that nobody gets paid. The only money we ever get is a little bit of advertising, which just goes to keeping the site running. And yeah, it's just all done for the passion of, of horror films, filmmakers, books, music, anything to do with the whole genre, really. Great. And am I still under that umbrella of the 12 disciples there you mentioned? Or... Uh, you, you are still. <laughs> I think you're under the part-time workers now, but yeah, it still comes in. <laughs> trickles, trickles in. Uh, and Chris, you, are you on a similar story there with the Slaughtered Bird? It's, yeah, it, it's virtually a carbon copy of what Andy's just said. We've been going for a similar amount of time, maybe slightly less. Uh, the back end of 2013, originally set up with my cousin Steve uh, as a free site. We used a Wix site at first, and then, like what Andy was saying, it, it, it kind of grew relatively quickly. So we had to make the jump from a free site to an actual website, which which we got built for the for the principle of you know, just doing what what UK Horror Scenes does. We've got free writers who, you know, give us their free time to, to do the reviews for, for nothing. We don't we don't pay either. And similar, just the odd advert that helps keep the site running. Uh, we've got about about 10, 10 writers ourselves. So, yeah, it's, it's very similar. And that's how Andy and I pretty much sort of hit it off, really, just doing the same thing from only... I'm in Liverpool, Andy's in Manchester, so it's, it's only... 20 minute half an hour drive away so doing the same thing and having the same opinions we kind of just formed a bit of a friendship really so that's how it, that's how it's happened great and i know was it it's probably a year and a half now nearly two years he sort of like you have a collaboration across the two sites isn't that right yeah yeah i mean we've always supported each other as far as social media is concerned Okay, Andy's Andy's site's been going a little bit longer than mine so he was already established when we set up really so it was nice to have somebody who'd already been doing it for a little while, who was, you know, helping you get get your name out there, and we didn't have so many followers. So from from our point of view, it was it was a great help. I don't I don't know why Andy fucking bothers with us because we could knock him. <laughs> and he must like friends, I suppose. He was sick of people at work telling him fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to that now. Yeah. <laughs> so the next brainchild for the two of you is triple six horror fest do you wanna who wants to take the reins on that one on i'll the... go on I'll have, I'll have a chat about that one go on so andy tell us that's on the 27th and 28th of may the bank holiday weekend over in manchester so tell us how you taught up to even set up a festival that seems a bit daunting <laughs> yeah i can't actually remember how we had we came up with the idea i mean we'd sort of met up a couple of times and talked and we went um we'd sort of chatted and then we went to horror con last year 
there was me, Chris, and his cousin Steve, and we just got talking about you know maybe doing something ourselves. I'd done some horror double bills at the AMC Cinema in Manchester, where we're based now, and they'd gone really well. And um, Colin, who's the manager at AMC, had you know been really accommodating, and we we just sort of chatted about maybe doing something about a film festival, but also doing it with a sort of almost with a UK sort of bias. We wanted a UK backbone, having a, some UK films and short films. We got talking. Next thing you know, I was setting up a limited company and then we went on to Film Freeway, opened up for submissions and then it just snowballed from there. And here we are, you know, almost a year later and there's a, you know, an international film festival around the corner. So... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, I hear a few chuckles there in the background from Chris. <laughs> Do you want to chime in there? Your two cents on the matter. Yeah, I, I'm still I'm still baffled as to why I got involved. <laughs> it's so, so stressful. <laughs> well, as as the time of recording and release, the festival is going to be next week. So, have you have a chance to look at the full lineup? What? What's what are you eagerly awaiting if you haven't seen it already? Well, sorry, go on, Chris. Um, yeah, well, we won't. We only chatted today, bitch. About we just need to confirm the exact times that everything's on. Um, but the lineup is is confirmed. It's on. It's on the website triple six fest dot com. Uh, the full lineup's there. Uh, we've got on the right hand. We've got is it twelve or thirteen shorts? I think it's thirteen now, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, I think it's thirteen all in. Yeah, with the short films. Yeah, and, uh, and nine features, including Richard Stanley's Hardware on 35mm and um, Hounds of Love from Arrow Video, which, which, isn't, which isn't out here yet. We've got the English premiere of that. So everything's on the website. It's all it's all confirmed, and you can buy your weekend tickets there, full weekend tickets that are on sale, but they are, they are selling quite well, so pretty pleased. And they rock in at about £30 for the weekend, is that right? That's right, mate. Yeah, thirty pound for the for the two days, and that includes everything. That includes um, a Q and A with Richard Stanley after Hardware, which will be on the Saturday evening. The last film on Saturday. That includes that. So thirty pounds. Come on, come on, people. Yeah, I was thinking myself. I'm putting it out there on the air, but I might make the trip over. I'm still contemplating. <laughs> I don't know. Would it be worth it? You have to convince me in the audience right now. <laughs> Go on, Andy, in your dulcet tone. <laughs> yeah, well, we've got we've got a world premiere. We've got a UK film called Tone Death, which is um, a mockumentary horror film, and that's the world premiere of that. I mean, everyone who's seen that up to now has loved it. It's brilliant. It's um, based in Newcastle, so you've, you've got a lot of sort of northern English humour in that. We've got the European premiere of a film called Quarries, which is a great, Sort of horror film set in backwoods, sort of you know stalking one. We've got a wonderful Portuguese black and white horror film called uh, Forest of the Lost Souls, which is a UK premiere for that. That's just again another just gem that really I don't think we would have seen unless we'd have uh, set up the festival. It just came out of nowhere, and that's just wonderful. Plus, we've got um, a couple of films that are already sort of out on the scene at the moment. We're going to be having a uh, cool summer which is a UK film. It's just a really, it's a difficult watch, but a brilliant, brilliant film. And then we've got The Unkindness of Ravens as well, um, which is, um, again, just a really, really good British horror film. 
And we've also got the chair, which is based on Peter Sometti's graphic novel, um, which is also um, the last film that starred uh, Roddy Piper before his uh, sad death. So, um, yeah, we've got a lot of really good films coming. And short film-wise, it's just probably on an equal footing with the feature films. We've got some just amazing short films which are going to precede all the uh, all the feature films. So we're going to do it as a, a short film followed by... Um, a feature film, so we're yeah, really looking forward idea, to yeah. it. That's good. No, because I saw the cleansing hour is up there as a short, and if I remember correctly, that was my highest rated review on for UK horror scene. I gave it a nine point nine. Yeah, out of 10. yeah. The the cleansing hour is just fantastic, and it will look just phenomenal on a on a big screen. It's one of the best shorts I've ever ever seen. Yeah, no, and, it's one of the big yeah. draws that might get me over <laughs> for the weekend is to see that on the big screen. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it will it will look amazing on the big screen, and yeah, I mean the short films, especially for myself and Chris, have, have just been you know one of the things because that's the next the next generation of horror filmmakers you're going to be able to see with these short films. So it's been a, it's been an honour to have them as well. Indeed, and you know just between the two of you, uh, Andy, you particularly because the website's called UK Horror Scene, that there's kind of a focus on more the independent aspect of films. I know myself there's been plenty independent films come my way uh how do you think the caliber of short films is coming in do you think it's getting better is it getting staler personally i i think it's getting i think it's getting better over the years there's always been sort of you know a few short films each year that come along that really stand out but i mean that we had a phenomenal amount of of short films sent in and we had to really sort of struggle to, to narrow it down. I mean, you know, we, we could have showed 25, 30 short films quite easily. And yeah, it was phenomenal. And also the, the other thing that we've had is I think five or six of the short films we're showing are going to be British as well. So that's another really strong point for us was with, you know, everything set in the UK. Our, our, you know, as I say, my website's UK Horror Scene and it is something that we wanted to do you know, without being sort of any sort of nepotism at all, but we wanted to have a sort of, you know, a UK a UK feel to the everyone who's going to be watching it and are all based around the UK. Yeah. So course, we, yeah. you know, it's nice to have that and the quality that came through really sort of stood out with a lot of the, the UK shorts and, you know, we we're showing four of the films of UK as well. So it's it's very good. Great. And Chris, would you feel the same way about the scene in the last couple of years? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, the scene I think there's been quite a bit, of, a bit of a shift with with short films. It seems to have been we've got um, speaking about our site in particular, <clears throat> short films we've got seem to have bigger budgets than, than I've noticed over the last few years. There seems seems to be a lot more time and, and money spent on them. I'm not quite sure where that's where that's coming from and whether that still falls within the independent realm. But I've certainly noticed that when you get the press release and the short film sent over, there's there's a fair bit of money being spent on them. I don't, I don't know whether you've noticed, Andy, or... Yeah, definitely, yeah. I think also another thing I've noticed is that short films aren't necessarily short anymore, that there okay. seem to be a lot of films coming in around the sort of 15 to 20 minute mark, which is a little bit of a struggle when you're trying to do a film festival because you have some amazing short films that are coming in at, you know, sort of 16, 17 minutes, so it's, it's a little struggle. But yeah, there's definitely a, a sort of shift into making them flatten the short film almost into a sort of like a sort of micro feature film if you want 
yeah, like, I mean, the stuff coming out is phenomenal. I just recently watched uh, Dan Robinette's new one there, Tethered, and that was amazing. It was 12, 13 minutes, and for the pacing, everything was just spot on, and there's a fully fleshed out story in kind of that little burst. So it's nearly going beyond just a kind of a one-trick pony, you know, those bottle dramas or something where it's in a room that you're seeing real craft of filmmaking. I suppose it's nearly like portfolios now going out. That's why you see probably a lot of money going to them. Yeah. Yeah, they're almost like like concept films for India. And I hope that they're gonna get to make a feature film out of it almost. Yes, yeah, that's more appropriate phrase there. Concept film, yeah. Big time. So what Yeah, definitely. Sorry, and I was just gonna say that like the cleansing hour is is I think that rolls in about nineteen minutes. But, you know, watching it it felt like about sort of eight minutes but then at the end it almost felt like you had watched a, a feature as well it was yeah phenomenal pacing throughout that and the the effects and everything are just you know for a short film and the budget were just amazing and there was a good few uh, faces in there that you'd kind of recognize i know the girl the main girl who is actually getting well i won't spoil anything but she was on glee i believe <laughs> that sing-along yes. show <laughs> yeah. so i recognized her but um, what would you reckon would be your favourite shorts over the last year? Chris, I'll start with yourself. Thanks a lot. Burn film, <laughs> your own creation. Oh, oh. Do you want to um, talk a little bit about that? Uh, I can do. Do you want me to talk about it now? Or sure, go on. I won't put you on the spot for your face so you can talk about your own <laughs> baby. Well, that's that's obviously my favourite short film ever. That goes without saying. Yeah, of uh, course. But yeah, it's it's due out any time now. It's just getting a, a few last things uh, done to it, just uh, tying up the loose ends. The director is called Judson Ball. He's worked very hard on it for the last 12 months. It's took a little bit longer than he's hoped because of various things, but um, it's hopefully due out uh, imminently. Uh, so quite excited about that. And then we'll start getting it to hopefully get it into a few festivals ourselves. Are you yeah. disappointed now you're not going to be able to sneak it into Triple Six and take away all the awards and no one will ask any questions? Well, yeah, I mean, I don't care if people do ask questions. If it was a, if it was a play at my festival, it would have won every award under the sun. So <laughs> 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 I don't care what people think, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, a little bit disappointed uh, that, it's, that it's not going to be ready. Um, we obviously need to show the cast and crew before anybody else so if we can get a couple of casting crew uh, showings first and then we'll start getting out to festivals but um, really need to update its twitter profile and that we haven't touched it for a while but yeah looking forward to it mate i'll, I'll send you it over when it's done yeah i don't know do you remember but i think last year in this conception i asked could i get the first look and get the review out <laughs> No, I'm sorry, I can't remember. Well, I'm reminding <laughs> you. <laughs> no, but is that your first jump into short film? What made you decide to even go about it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, um, I had the idea for a, for a long while, uh, just the a, a small idea, and never once thought that I'd, that I'd even attempt to make it into a film. It was only through doing the website and chatting to various people who were involved in that type of thing. Uh, the director in particular, Jules, as I was saying before, uh, I sent it to him and he says, well, just, just go for it. Just just try and make it. If we can get a few quid together, just give it a go. So, 
I'm glad I did. It's, it's, it kind of come from there. I mean, I funded it. Uh, Judd put some of his own money into it as well. And then he's basically put all the hard work into it. He, he, he's pulled it all together. Um, and it was filmed down in Hertfordshire, down south, down the south of England a year ago now. So, yeah, that's that's why. It, it, it's only through the website and through the likes of Andy supporting that that we, that we were able to just make the jump and do it. We give it a go, I suppose. So is it the story itself came from your mind and you farmed out the rest of the work, was it? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. That's called delegation. <laughs> That's leadership there, yeah. <laughs> so Andy must be doing most of the work for the festival, so... <laughs> yeah, that's right. Absolutely spot on. Great. <laughs> no, no, it's a it's a proper 50-50 split. This is... Uh, we both have sort of... We've worked towards film festival, but we've both got sort of... You know, separate things we're good at and separate things we're not. I'm crap at design. Chris is good at design. So we work, we work that way. And with me being closer to Manchester, I'm sort of, it's easier for me to go and do things in Manchester as well. Hanging, I was out this weekend putting posters out and putting flyers in all the local stores and things like that. So, but it's been, it's been good. Yeah. And it hasn't really strained the friendship. So that's a good point as well. And yeah, just going back to the two of you, how did you end up meeting in the first place? Was it just through online? Cross paths on Twitter. How did it work? Yeah, yes, yeah. so it was. Um, we we crossed paths on Twitter and just got sort of talking, sharing each other. We've both got you know similar interests. We both run horror sites, so it you know it seems daft that you you, you wouldn't sort of make a friendship there. We've got the same interests. I mean, the you know some people uh, seem a bit. Uh, take a step back they don't want to promote other people's sites thinking that it's you know going to have a negative effect on theirs and it's far from it it's you know i've helped out with stuff they that the slaughter bird have done and they've been equally as helpful to me so and then yeah we've met up um and yeah we became friends we've recently we went to glasgow to the fight fest and even shared a flat together so uh it's like the odd couple (laughs) 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 <laughs> yeah, who'd have thought it? Yeah, a man can a scouse, so uh, yeah, becoming friends, so yeah, it's been good. And now yeah. you're talking to an Irishman, fair play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Three Musketeers, how bad. Uh, and Chris, I'll throw this question over to you. When did you first get into horror? How did you know you were going to be a horror junkie? Yeah, I've got my cousin Steve to play for that, really. Um, as I say, I set I originally set the website up with with Steve. Fortunately, about twelve months ago, he had to step down just for time reasons, really. But he's a little bit older than me. I'm I'm 30, 30, <coughs> 35. <laughs> he's he's a little bit older. So when I was sort of seven, eight, nine, you know, he was already getting older, top class horror films, and and bullying me with them basically. So um, I had the Exorcist forced on me at a very early age, and then. It's all sort of downhill from there, really, isn't it? <laughs> you start with the Exorcist. There isn't really many places you could go. So yeah, that's that's pretty much it from from a child. I can't say I enjoyed it, but I was exposed to it from quite an early age. I suppose it's similar to everybody's story if you're a horror fan. Well, we're going to have to ask Andy now. Are you? How did you get into the horror scene? Because I think would you be a little bit older than Chris again? So you'd. I've watched. Oh, cheers. Yeah, cheers so, for that. Yeah. <laughs> You're only uh, 36. A little bit, yeah. That could be his, could be his long lost father, could um, <laughs> um, Yeah, because um, yeah, I'm, I'm 46 now. So, uh, yeah, I was 
I was in the, uh, what got me into it was the video nasties, basically. Um, video shops started springing up. Um, I remember my mum uh, rented a video player from a place called Radio Rentals. Um, and yeah, it, it went from there. I was, going, I was it was a lad to go down and go and rent Driller Killer um, and go and rent Texas Chainsaw and whatever I wanted. And there was nobody to stop me, so I did. <laughs> and then uh, we'd have friends around and we'd all watch, you know, all these films on video. And then the sort of video nasty thing kicked in. And then it went from there. Then I sort of got dragged into it that way. I sort of loved sort of later on. I was involved in um, sort of trading tapes with people and things like that. So getting things that you weren't able, you weren't supposed to be able to watch. And uh, I actually had a, a stash of about 100 videos under my uh, father-in-law's stairs that he never knew about <laughs> <laughs> the police. So, uh, yeah, I used to trade tapes with people all around the world, things like Necromantic and stuff that was, you know, not a chance of getting a UK certification at that time. Um, yeah, and things like Henry of a Portrait of a Silver Killer and all sorts. Well, yeah, that's what got me into it. it was just the, the just the start of video shops, and the I was able to uh, go and get them and watch them, and nobody could stop me. So <laughs> great stuff. And just a question again for the two of you: having kind of watched obviously horror for you know most of your lives since you were young, how do you think? Like, what keeps you watching horror? Do you think you've seen everything, or is there you know, something like recently now, Train to Busan, the Korean zombie movie, kind of breathing new life into a genre. What do you think? Uh, do you think you'll ever get sick of the genre? Will you keep coming back? Chris, we'll start with yourself. Oh, I was going to make Andy's answer. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> We can go back to you, Chris. <laughs> yeah, I, I, can, I can talk to I can talk for England, mate. Chris, you can just like listen if you want. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't uh, for me personally I don't know what keeps me I suppose it's the sort of expectation of finding something new and exciting sometimes you know there is a there is a lot of, of the same old you know recently it's been found footage and zombies and things like that but every now and again just films come along that sort of you know just stand out and um, recently there was one at Fright Fest which I absolutely loved in Glasgow which was called The Transfiguration by a director called Michael O'Shea and that was just just absolutely stunning it's a really slow slow burn vampire film but uh, you know it's a real real absolute gem i think that actually comes out this monday on dvd uh, but it's things like that that sort of keep me interested is finding new things but also talking to other people and they found something and they pass it on to you it's the joys of the internet i expect it's the sort of sharing in the community um, and it's things like that that just finding things and being able to watch it. And for me, I also, I'm still a, a bit of an old school. I've still got DVDs and videos and things like that. And it's also the, sometimes the physical aspect of that is taking a DVD and watching it. And the whole part of that still takes me back to the video shop days. So, But yeah, I just I still absolutely adore her. And I just love the way it's changed over the years. Great stuff. And Chris, you feel the exact same as that, do you? Word for word. <laughs> Word for word, syllable for syllable, exactly the same. No, um, I do uh, 100% agree with Andy. I thought it was in, you know, it was in danger a little while ago, becoming oversaturated with found footage, um, and I was starting to get a little bit, a little bit pissed off that every single, every single film seemed to be found footage or or, or zombie things. But I've, I've kind of moved past that now. 
and I've realised that even if the horror film does fall into you know that genre or that subgenre, it's it's still it's still able to to surprise me if it's if it's made well. I don't like the idea of found footage being used as a as a cheap ploy just to get a film out there. Um, it's it's still able to to be a very good film if it's if it's done properly. So for that reason, yeah, it's it's nice when when you you do put something on and, and you're not expecting to think much of it, and then all of a sudden you do and you really enjoy it. So yeah, it's it, it's that that keeps me keeps me coming back. Good. And would you find any joy in the so bad it's good or just terrible stuff? Or would you, you know, not go out and watch a lot of crap? Would you try and watch something good? Yeah, I'm still trying to put my finger on because uh, there's you know there's plenty of films. There's plenty of films, hundreds of films over the years that you that fall into that so shit it's good category. But then there's another category where it's so shit it's shit, and I can't quite figure out what 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 it is, what ingredients it's got that that shifts it from one to the other. Has, in, has anyone has anyone put the finger on it yet? I I don't know. I'll try and give an explanation. I think when I think it's got to do with your mood, honestly, because you know sometimes you could watch something and be like, nah, this is absolutely appalling. But then if you sit down with your buddy and you're having a few cans or something and you're just absolutely breaking your ass laughing. So, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think it's the film more so your mood. Andy, would you like to weigh in on that sentiment? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, th- I think there's a film I have I saw years ago called Avia Vampire Hunter, which is probably the worst film ever made. <laughs> um, and I've seen it five times. So I mean, but yeah, I've I've watched it. I've watched it with friends, and I've also watched it one time. I did. Uh, I watched it online with about ten other people. I can't remember how it happened, and that was just brilliant because we were just sort of laughing all the way through. I also think that sometimes if they're made with a lot of heart and they're not made to be, you know, that it's not too serious. That's where some of the fun comes into it as well, as you can sort of see that people are trying to do their best, but it's still a pile of shit. And I think that's what makes me <laughs> laugh as well. Um, I think I think one, my son was talking recently to me about, um, and my brother as well, about a film called Bedemic, which I watched uh, recently again. And that's just probably, again, one of the worst films ever made. But I think I've seen that about four times as well. So Bird-demic, there must be something. Is this? Like the birds? Birdemic, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Birdemic. And it's it's basically, it's just a really, really badly made film. I think the start of it is just a filming of a car driving down the mountainside for about eight minutes. <laughs> um, and, and it's just full of CGI birds, but done even, you know, so badly on CGI that they're hilarious. And yeah, that's... That, that's uh, I think that's it. Is it if they if they're made and they take themselves very very seriously, it's almost you know you, you you're laughing at that as well. So, I think um, yeah, the the ones that sort of I really don't like that films that I do hate are just you know, normally just the ones that are just plain bad that have got bad scripts, bad plots, and bad acting. I think it's that's the ones that I find worse to watch than actually the ones that are so bad this shit. Well, <laughs> do you think those kind of almost big budget shit ones are nearly some sort of ploy to get money or something you know like it's yes. more the low budget indie stuff has the charm and the quality because it's someone attempting to make something good yes yes definitely definitely i think that's you've got it bang on there i think yeah the, the there's always a charm about the you know somebody's made a feature film for you know five thousand pounds and got some guys some guys and some friends and people from the local college to help out and it's all gone horribly wrong but that's what gives it the charm i think yeah, I think we cracked it, Chris. That's your answer yeah. there. 
I was trying to write all that down as you two were trying. <laughs> I, I use that on my next podcast that I do. Do yeah, you can uh, credit me at the end there. Just make sure I, I get it. I'd just like to cut in and say if that film that Andy was talking about before needs a tagline for the poster, I think pile of shit. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> yeah, UK have a scene underneath pile of shit. <laughs> yeah, that's another cover quote. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and what would you say? What's your biggest? Have you met any of your idols over the years in conventions or anything like that? I I I met Brian Usner a few years ago, and he there was a screening of Reanimator and From Beyond in Manchester, and met Brian Usner and ended up spending the whole day with him and he was just probably the nicest guy you could ever meet just talked and talked all night actually asked to strangle me a couple of times so he could people could take pictures of it um and things like that he was just he was just a, a wonderful wonderful man and just took time just to speak to everyone and even after we'd done a QA and a uh, in manchester we went to a pub hired out the upstairs of a pub and he spent another two hours just talking to people signing things and just Things like that. So yeah, for me, he's probably the highlight of, of since running the the site that I've met. Yeah, great. And Chris, have you had any such delights? Are are you still waiting for the opportunity? <laughs> um, I'll be honest. But when uh, Andy was talking before about going to Glasgow, we went to Fright Fest in Glasgow, and we had the opportunity on the second second morning. We spoke to Michael O'Shea, who was talking about before the Transfiguration director. Uh, we, we spoke to him for you know twenty minutes, half an hour, and, and we could have sat there all day talking to him about that. We we, we met Simon Rumbley, who also had a film there called Fashionista. He was he was very interesting, and also the director of Grave Encounters. He had he had a film there called was it Stains the Sand Bears, was it Andy? Yeah, I think it's called yeah it's, it Stains the Sand Blood Red or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Colin Minahan, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Colin Minahan, yeah. And I'll be honest, I wasn't. I wasn't expect. I was. I, I thought that that was going to be a little bit of a rush job, but they were, they were quite happy to sit there all, all morning and speak to us. And it was it, it was an eye opener, really. So it was a, it was a pleasure speaking to those. But as far as you know, your big Hollywood stars are concerned, and and yet to uh, cross paths with, with anyone really. Well, was it you a couple of years ago? Was it you yourself interviewed you Butler? How did that work? Oh yeah, that, yeah, that was me. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that yeah, wasn't the highlight, yeah. no. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was. It was interesting. Oh, is which sorry? What's that? <laughs> did, you, <laughs> did you do it by chat or was it written out? Um, it was. It was. It was by chat, and it was. Uh, it was. It was interesting, Rich. <laughs> yeah, no, because <laughs> I read it at the time because you transcribed it, didn't you? Yeah, I tried my best to transcribe it. Yeah, and 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 make an interview out of it. But it was uh, it was quite difficult. He's a, he's quite a, he's quite an angry man. <laughs> so how did you um, get him on? Did you like stalk him down or? Uh, no, and uh, thankfully it didn't because I've seen what he does to other uh, journalists that he doesn't particularly like. I don't know whether you've seen the footage of him beating the shit out of people. And I did. Yeah, and, that was great, crack. <laughs> I didn't want to be one of them because I'm, I'm not the toughest. So, uh, no, I was I, I was just put in touch with him through, I think it was his agent. She asked me if I wanted to interview him. So, so yeah, I went from there. And uh, <laughs> to say he was to say he was happy to do it would be a bit of an overstatement. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I 
No, he was alright. He, he wasn't too bad. But um, I'd say going back to the category we spoke about before, so shit, it's shit. Well, I, I didn't want to piece the two of them so closely together, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to name and shame too much here. <laughs> he might be listening and want to fight you, Chris. <laughs> make, just, sure, uh, make sure to send it on. <laughs> <laughs> skip to uh, 35 minutes there please <laughs> oh great stuff so guys I'd say we've nearly covered everything tonight so far and you said you must head away soon and grab your dinner and stuff Chris I know you just ran in the door to get onto Skype where can we find you online Andy we'll start with yourself yeah I'm on online with UK Horror Scene which is UKHorrorScene.com UK Horror Scene on Twitter, he's just at UK Horror Scene, and the same on Facebook. I've also got a personal account. You can come and shout abuse at me at Andy Dean six six six, which is on Twitter. And yeah, I'm 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 on Twitter and Facebook sort of daily with the UK Horror Scene, and just basically on social media sharing everything to do with their horror sites and everything else, just for the love of it, really. Great stuff. And Chris, where can we find yourself? All this will be in the show notes, but. Give a little shout out. Give your plug. Yeah, cheers, Rich. Um, yeah, it's www.thestoresofbird.com. Uh, we've also, if you want to check out the film festival website as well, that's triple uh, six fest.com. I think I mentioned that before. Uh, the full lineup and the, the tickets and that are on there. On Twitter, Slaughtered Bird, it's at Slaughtered Bird, and triple six is at triple six horror. Is it Andy? Triple six. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we we try and keep that as well. Know, regularly up to date, but yeah, all all of the major news is out as far as Triple Six is concerned. We've got no, we've got no big announcements left, so uh, everything will be on there. Great stuff. And if you'd like to give a little word of wisdom out to the community, Andy, we'll start with yourself. What would you like to say? Putting on the spot. Yeah, yeah. Words of wisdom is basically it's uh, Bill and Ted be excellent to each other. There you go. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of shit online that you get. Especially, you know, I've running a horror site for years. I've had all sorts of different people, but the friends you make and the people you meet are much more positive than that. So, yeah, if you're nice to each other, it makes it excellent. You can do all sorts. You know, if I'd have said four years ago when I set up the site that I'd be running a horror festival, I'd be have my own site, I'd be doing screenings in Manchester, you know, I'd be talking to people, I'd be flying Richard Stanley in from his wherever he lives, in the middle of nowhere in France, we're flying him in for a weekend, you know, showing hardware in 35 mil and doing a Q&A with him. But all that is through, you know, hard work, but also a lot of it is through other people as well that have helped out on the way, without people like Chris, without people like Colin at AMC in Manchester being able to, you know, help us and everyone helps together and then we can do something like this. So it's great. Great. Hopefully, you'll get an extra ticket sale off me. So, for when I appear <laughs> next week, no, I'll be... it'd be great to have you. Honestly, come over and we'll have a few beers and yeah. Big time. Big time. <laughs> and Chris, any words of wisdom for the crowd? Yeah, I'd have to totally agree with Andy again. No, <laughs> oh, it's right. I mean, it's, it's easy to get bogged down sometimes with you know, some of the negativity that, that's on social media. And you do get quite a bit of criticism. I don't, I don't really know why because we're not, we're not. We're not doing this for, for the money. We're not making any out of it whatsoever. In fact, it costs us money to do. We just we really enjoy doing it, um, and it's very easy to to listen to the to the negativity instead of, as Andy mentioned, focusing on 
you know, the, the true indie horror stuff and people supporting each other. And yeah, I, I just, I, I just tell anyone to to have a go if, if they're interested in have a go. I, I, we just had a go setting a website up. We just had a go writing a short film. We just had a go with a film festival. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, at least you, at least you can say you've you've had a go. And of course, the haters are only a very small percentage. You, you have to remember that they're the vocal minority. So oh, anyone yeah. out there, don't listen to the haters. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's it. Well, Andy, Chris, thank you very much for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure talking to you this evening. Oh, thank you for your time and taking the time to uh, let us talk crap for 45 minutes. Cheers. <laughs> Best of luck, guys. And that was my chat with Andy Dean and Chris Barnes. Uh, it was really fun, and I had a great time chatting with them. And I hope that anyone listening in the UK will be able to get to Manchester for the Triple Six Fest. Please make sure to check the show notes on how you can attend, and I've left a link for where you can buy tickets, even if you don't want to attend. Support the guys over there. I'm sure they'll really appreciate it. And as always, you can find me on Twitter at The Fear Merchant and check out thefearmerchant.com for everything else. Uh, at the time of recording, I am sitting in a hotel in Bordeaux. This seems to be the third episode where I'm recording at the last minute in a hotel room while I'm out on the road selling things. A merchant of different guys out here in the wild. So until next time, I have a really cool guest. I know I hinted at it the last time. It is the CEO and co-founder of The Asylum, David Michael Latt. So we had a blast there. Really nice insights into the man who has nearly produced 300 films. So that will be on the 1st of June. That should be coming out. I have most of it ready so far. I have a little bit of a buffer this time so I can talk about who's ahead. So until then, stay safe and be good. Come back at any time.